had to go lucky nigga man, when they get on, man. Oh, fuck me, man. You yeah, gon' play that role, man. Play it. Just like this, man. Let me tell these niggas something, dog. Keep it real, get your own shit, and be original. Yo, yo, what's up? This is Save No More Podcast, you know what I'm saying? We'll be back with episode number 24, you know what I mean? Just dropped the 23 on everybody, you know what I'm saying, with the uh, the Jordan joint, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'll be dropping the Kobe on you 24. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, one up on them niggas. We, oh, no, no, we are on 23, my bad, I'm tripping. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we so are on 23, so yeah, before yeah, we... So we can Hey, look, man, I got to, we got to do it. It's a lot of people that's out here trying to get, you know, Jordan out of here because, you know, the whole LeBron making the school and this, that, and the third, you know what I'm saying? But nah, man, look, episode 23, look, let's keep it funky. You know what I mean? Like the whole evolution of the sneaker culture, that's something we never really, we, we talk about it here and there, but you know what I'm saying? We we know about the kick game. You know what I mean? And and it's it wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for Mike, obviously Nike, Spike Lee. You know what I'm saying? It'd be a number of different reasons why everybody wears the sneakers that they wear and why it's part of the culture. Hip hop is de- the culture is definitely part of that or bringing that to the forefront. But um, yeah, episode 23. You know what I'm saying? Um, we, you know, your boys, Alan B, we back. Here we go. Let's get it. Say no more podcast. You know, hope you enjoyed the last one. It wasn't your average show, but we back with some hip hop culture topics and let's get into it. You know what I'm saying? How you feeling, B? I'm, I'm, I'm Gucci. Is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> In the culture, it is. Hell yeah. Like, to be Gucci, you straight. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what's that's how it's coming across. You know what I mean? So, fuck it, we gonna run with it. But um, yeah, man. You know, I I, I took a couple notes and shit. Um, you know what I'm saying about a couple I mean, things. I can, get, I can get started with something. Oh wait, before we before we begin, because I don't want it to be like a sad note any other where else. Let's let's do um say it. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace to Mac Miller. Um. 26 years old, man, like, I'm not going to drum into this too much just because, like, we've been speaking about all types of things that involve, like, mental health and this, that, and the third. So I'm not going to, like, you know, harp on, you know, taking care of yourself because we've never promoted, like, drug use or anything like that. And I know people do what they do. But um, you know, depression. Like if you if you going through some things, man. Get some weeks. I ain't ever heard nobody die from weeks. Word, man. That's that's it, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what we grew up on. Any any hip hop rappers, they said they get high. And anybody I knew in high school, college, people that was smoking weed, they never did nothing crazy. They never, you know drunk drove and killed somebody they never killed they sell mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? i don't see it as a drug but you know our culture and when we grew up we didn't hear about niggas overdosing off weed you know what no. i'm saying like no disrespect but really pay attention to what you're putting in your body because that that will 
you know, things like this could happen. So we just want to say um, rest in peace and then, yeah, you know. To the family all. and all of that. Like, because dude was really, really talented. And the crazy thing is, I think I was telling you about the video where, you know, the night before, before it all happened, he was still, you know, at his computer working on some music and shit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, take care of yourselves out there. It's a lot of people that lift was affected yourself. by yeah, this. Lift yeah, lift yourself. Definitely. We've been saying that. <laughs> yeah, high off a run and go run a couple miles. You, you'll feel high as fuck. Word, word, word. So, rest in peace to Mac Miller, man. So, let's move on, you know what I mean, to uh, what you, what you want to get into. Let's get it popping. I don't know. I got a, I got a, I don't know if this is a segment, but let me ask you a question segment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, how you, how you, how you going to be a cop, right, and fight crime, and you don't know where, what apartment you live in? <laughs> what? what? You ain't heard? Nah. So supposedly this female cop, um, she she got off work. I don't know all the details. I'm very limited, but this is basically what I've I've read. Oh, is and that shorty? I think. Yeah, she she went. She said, and I don't, like I said, I don't even want to say what she said because it's probably not true. Mm-hmm. But basically, she thought she walked in her apartment, mm-hmm. and it wasn't, and she killed the guy that was in his own apartment. Yo. So it's like you know, like the like how you how you fighting crime if you can't like manage to go into your own apartment, you know what I'm saying? You can't find your own apartment. That's wild. I mean you know me, like you gotta be super fucking drunk because if you've ever been around drunk people you can take them to the projects and put them on a bed and say, this is your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you live here. And they won't, they like, yeah, I'm home, you know, because they don't know where the fuck they at. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just hard to not, especially if you're on different floors, my nigga, because like, like if, you, if you're on the second floor, you know you're on the second floor, third floor, because you just know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know where you live. I'll be, you know what? I'll be dead ass like um that happened like one time when I lived in Long Beach um I I was in uh I was in a joint we had an elevator I was living on the third floor that was the top floor of the place and um I went and um I think I I wasn't paying attention I thought I hit the right button on the elevator so when I walked out and I walked to the door you know what I'm saying? I tried to put my key in this shit because I was just, I don't know if I was just looking down, looking at my phone, whatever the fuck I was looking at. But um, I tried to put my key. I was like, yo, what the? And I looked up and I seen the number was there. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I took that key out so fast. Yeah, yo. man. You don't, you, never, you don't ever want to be at somebody's door trying to open, you know, because that's like, yo. And then, and then they made, and I guess I don't know, but they said that like the door was ajar. Niggas don't leave. Niggas never leave a door ajar, nigga. Like, when you grow up, what's the first thing you do when you go in the, when you walk in the house? Nigga? Lock that shit, man. You lock it. Like, that's, that's like, if, if you ain't black, I'm going to tell you what. This is the number one thing your, your parents tell you. As soon as you come in, lock the motherfucking door. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't tell you. Lock the motherfucking door if you don't lock the motherfucking door. Because you know you really, like, there's a chance your ass could get in the back of our heads. We're always thinking, like, nigga, I could get robbed. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that is. And it's unfortunate, but people check people check doors. You know, people, 
people, niggas is flocking, you know, it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, the the funny, I don't want to say it's funny, but, like, they just need, like, you just need, I don't know, like, could you imagine, like, if she was, like, a, a movie, like, a cop in the movies and shit, like, if she was, like, Patino <laughs> and he, nigga, <laughs> like, like, you know, like, when they sit down and shit, and he's like, what happens if I, if I move, you gotta move. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo, that shit would be crazy. Like, yeah, man, look. You know, like, how you gonna fight crime if you don't know where you live? Like, you know, like, the bank scene and shit, nigga, with, um, people with, you know, when they, um, what is that? Like, when, when they know what, what place to go to? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yo, he's at this bank. And she's like, nah, <laughs> you had a totally different bank, nigga. Like, remember when they figured out he was robbing a bank? And she's like, yo, they had Wells Fargo. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo. We're like, nah, nah. If we not over there, like, what the fuck is you doing? <laughs> the whole movie would change the nigga and like, the narrow would get away, nigga, because she's sending everybody to the wrong bank. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Look, she need to be fired. Don't you know what I'm saying? You can't. You got arrested though, which is good because it's still yeah. like even even if you you say you don't, you still kill somebody, you know. And, and rest in peace. To, and and I don't want to make light of it. Yeah, nah, fuck um, that. Man. You know about making jokes, but I mean it, it's it's unfortunate that that happened. So yeah, man, um, that's that's crazy because you gotta um like I remember when there was. Because, you know, for people to know, like, you know what I'm saying, I did eight eight joints in the military, um, and, you know, I was a Navy cop, and a lot of people that would take, like, you know, jobs in, you know, civilian life, what we would call it and shit, um, a lot of people would easily transition into, like, you know, uh, correctional officer, um you know, being a police officer or something like that. So um, when I was thinking about it and there was a possibility, I remember they was like, yo, one of the things that's crazy on the interview is, like, if you walk in and, like, one of the interviewers asks you, like, what, what time is it? You know what I'm saying? If you pull out your phone, you, you're, you're done. You know what I'm saying? Because they be like, yo, you should always have a watch on. It's like certain little standards that they have that you got to follow and shit. So, and that's just being aware. Like, you should always know. Like, if you think about it, as a cop, like, if anything happened, you got to be able to tell somebody where you at. Like, where you at. Yeah, Yeah, and what time it is. Yeah, so for you to not know that you walked in, that, that that's not your apartment, that's fucking crazy. So, yeah. yeah I'm glad right. she got arrested. Get her the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? Get some smart people in there that know what the fuck they're doing. I'm sorry. You need to be intelligent to, you know, be a police and officer. Even if, even if somebody in your crib, you know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah, man. As a cop, you got backup, so if you just let, if you don't just let that whoever's in there stay so you get backup, if you, if you, because I, I don't ever say someone's scary, but, you know, if you are or if you serve for your life, if you think somebody's in your crib, I mean, you, you have ways to protect yourself. You don't have to go in there, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to, 
you know, pull much. out the weapon and, and let off. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, I understand it may be dark in there, but you know, you you haven't training like there's this different. If it's a civilian, you know, they don't have that training. They don't know what's gonna happen. But if if you're supposed to be trained, because this could have been a situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, or you could call for backup. Somebody does have a weapon that yeah. that there, there is a lethal threat in there. What's she gonna say? Like I don't want to go in. Like so, it's like you have training. You should know that. This should be like a training um, thing. Like okay, someone's at my place. Let me call for backup. You know, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay here and and wait. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like a lot of things that you know. It's unfortunate that people lose their lives over over stuff. Just Word. like. You know, I know people make mistakes, but a life is not, you know, and, I, and we don't want to get, like, too political on this, but I was just, like, that's my question, is, like, how you, you know, that's some wild shit. Yeah, how the fuck you gonna be a cop and you don't know where you live at? You don't know where you live at, you know? That shit is like, crazy. Yeah, fuck out of here. <laughs> we gonna give her, we gonna give her a traditional Say No More podcast. Fuck out of here for that one, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So I, I got I got something I want to uh, got a couple topics that I wrote down. So um, if you've been in the know, there's been a lot of things that's been happening within the culture. Uh, once you if you if you've listened to this show before, you already know we don't typically um jump on like new topics and things like that but certain things are just too near and dear to us for us to ignore and so one of the topics that we want to get into um Eminem you know what I'm saying Eminem uh I want to talk about him um I don't think there's there's not a lot like you can you can go like we're not gonna step on other people's toes when they when they decide to start talking about certain things. So like Joe Button, if you're not familiar with it, we fuck with Joe. So uh, go check out his his point of view on his podcast. He has way more knowledge and information that about it because he was there. You know what I'm saying in a lot of the cases. Um, and he also has his show that's uh, detailing all of the stuff. But um, so I, we checked out his we both watched his show, uh, State of the Culture, to see if there was going to be any um, more things that he was going to dive into. And I, I like you, I feel like I didn't get a lot, you know, what I'm saying in regards to the M topic, but I got more from the podcast. So, yeah, yeah, I think he, he, he gave it all on a podcast and he. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start this off with um I'm trying to think how I want to start it. Uh, is Eminem in, is Eminem in your top five? I'm gonna just go with the question I wrote. Down. Uh, so we already got that out the way. So Eminem is not in the top five, and I think from all of our conversations offline, um, I'm not, he's, in, he's not in my top ten, top twenty. I don't. I mean, I don't know, like. I think about, when I think about top 10, top 20, I think about discography. Mm-hmm. I think about impact. I think about what you did for the game. Mm-hmm. Are you an originator? Um, just a, it's a lot of, I mean, like, you can, you can say top 10 talent-wise, like, you know, his, his maybe his skill set, mm-hmm. you know, what he, what he 
table. But if when I hear people say, yeah, you top five, I mean, like, I want to know what albums are you, were you playing, like, to, you know, like, recently? Like, are you, what, what's in your heavy rotation? Because when we, when no, no one ever talks about the albums, like, when you bring up the top hip-hop albums of all time, you know, his, his shit gets buried, you know, because yeah. it, it would literally be like a landfall of albums before you would dig his out, out the, at the bottom. Mm. And that's no disrespect, but it's some real shit. It's like, when you talk about the top, everyone's top five, it's like, okay, let's talk about albums. Let's talk about the impact of the albums. And, and he's never going to be in that. If you can't even be in that conversation, you know what I'm saying? And then how many classics do you got? Because then it's like, there's dudes that nobody considers top whatever, but they got a gang of classics, so they've done more. You know what I'm saying? So... And I'm not, I'm not here to shit on Eminem. He is one of my favorite all-time rappers, but I'm not going to put him in that category just because people like to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't think he deserves Because if we think about... Like, yeah, that, that's what I would say to that note. Like, just answer your question, though. Got you. Got you. No, I, I feel you. Um, He's not... He's not necess- He's not in my top five, and I think that's something else that... I wanted to introduce because I think we might have mentioned it before, but I think when we finally start breaking down our list of people and stuff like that, we need to do it correctly because top five, top 10, top whatever has to be based on a time period. Like if you if you want to do your greatest of all time, then you're still going to have to go through your different like it should be defined by error. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's like impossible to put people... It's like having a, the conversation with Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. You're never going to be able to get the full magnitude of it because it's two different errors. It's completely different. So to put people up against that, you're just going to be arguing for the sake of having a, a, a conversation, which I don't, I don't really like to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like... Like you could do that. That's like one of them arguments till you blew on the face type shit. And I don't want to just be arguing for the sake of arguing. So um, with M, he had a he had a nice run. He definitely had um, a period where the albums, you know, say especially let's let's go with his first three. His first three were super, his strongest effort of his entire career. And now at this point, if you haven't, if you don't know, I mean, you definitely living under a rock. You know what I'm saying? Eminem dropped Kamikaze. Um, this is about a week ago, um, and since in that time, he's the main people that he's come at was Joe. Because we're not gonna talk about like the little rappers, because those those didn't really count to me as like disses. Because M does that and has been doing that his whole career with like a, talking about Justin Timberlake, In Sync, Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, whatever, whatever he. He would take those aims and those shots, but we're talking about Joe. He mentioned him. Um, he mentioned Lord Jamar from Brand Nubian. For those that don't know, I have to say that because some people Brand Nubian might not have been on your radar like that. And he mentioned Machine Gun Kelly, um, in which Machine Gun Kelly came back with a diss song called "Rap Devil." You know, to play off of Eminem's "Rap God." 
um, what he said to Lord Jamar was basically stating that he is not a guest in the house of hip hop and that he belongs here and that he influenced certain people that are here in the culture. And with Joe, he sent a little light jab at his domestic violence situation. So, um, we, so now that everybody's caught up on those particular things, um, you you want to give your opinion on like the thing like those three like well well let me I'll I'll just say go ahead go ahead you want to give yours um you mean like on the songs the dishes or just in general like um I'm just I'm I, well because I, I kind of know where we MGK, stand so like, it's it's I'll, like I'll start I'll start with MGK um go ahead I'm not a I'm not a fan of MGK mm-hmm. I didn't. I read the lyrics. I didn't play the song. Um, okay. Just, just reading it because I, I went on Genius to, to just kind of read through what he was saying. And I, I, I felt, I kind of felt what he was saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it was unwarranted um, to finally speak on something that he may have been holding in. Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't like, you know, because that is, at the same time, there's a respect thing. Like, even if somebody's daughter looks good, it's something you don't got to say. Yeah. So I think as a man, you know, just like if, if MGK has a kid and, and imagine if Eminem said something similar mm-hmm. as a man, there's things you don't say, you know what I'm saying? You can think things all you want, but I think MGK may have crossed the line by saying that and then I got on Eminem's radar and maybe he just didn't feel like addressing it or bringing light to it until you know, this recent event. So that's what I'll say about that. I mean, I, it was some funny shit in there. He still says he's a goat. I don't know how you can, you know, you know, diss somebody and then say they're, they're the greatest of all time. That was like an oxymoron. So it's almost like you're knighting somebody, but then you're fighting somebody with watches. You know, it just don't make sense. So it's almost like I'm dissing you, but I'm giving you props type shit. So I think he, he lost in that aspect. You can't, you got to go all out. You can't, you know, you got to disrespect somebody all the way. You can't say, I, I fuck with you. you know so what you're saying, saying I, that M doesn't have to respond to him? I don't think he has to respond to him because I, I think he, he would, I think he could watch MGK because MGK, I don't, I've never heard any of his music and I don't think he's, you know, I, I don't know. He's talented, but it's just Eminem is a re- Eminem. Basically, the reason MGK's got a career and a lot of white rappers, to be mm-hmm. honest, because Eminem yeah. was that good. So to give Eminem props, you know, and a lot of people don't realize white rappers weren't a thing at all in hip hop. Like if you if you ever hear Jimmy Iovine and, and Dr. Dre talk about Eminem before he he made music. It was it was who's gonna buy a white rapper? Who's gonna how how do we sell a white rapper? Think about that. You know the people who mainly purchase hip hop is white, and then you're having to think how do you, how are you gonna sell that to, yeah. to yeah. everyone? That's a, so, that's some shit. Niggas so need to think thing. about it. I think he was the first white rapper because you obviously had Third Base, you had Vanilla Ice, you know, blah blah blah. So you did have. He wasn't the first one. You know no, what I'm he wasn't. I mean, shit, Marky Mark was rapping before him. Marky Mark, Marky Mark, yeah, House of Pain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, 
I'm pretty sure we left out some, man. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> nah, um, my man LP. <laughs> LP from but, uh, Company Flow. He was dope. He he held it down. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, well, I'm saying like three. 99. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, it was what? like Everlast. Um, yeah, there's yeah, a number three, of yeah, different. Yeah, three, three Eminem. And yeah, uh, Fred like Durst. This. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's never. Uh, we got uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. You ain't like, you ain't like in together now? Uh, Method Man. I like Method Man. That beat I was dope. With the I think that switched. What is that shit? Nah, see, I don't even. Nah, it was a song with DMX, the remix or something. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Nah, what was that song? I know what you're talking about. Um, it was the hardest fucking song. Damn, I gotta find out what song now. That shit was hard body karate. Not saying because of Fred's fucking turd. <laughs> but Fred, nigga, Fred, never mind. Fred's nicer than a lot of niggas now. I ain't gonna lie. How bad is that? But let's not give him props. <laughs> Off of that so with that, I'm gonna say I, 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 I like, I liked his his rap. So I, I, I read the lyrics, and I, I like what he was saying. You know what I'm saying? He did, he did, he, he, he struck back. So I'm gonna give him ultimate credit. He didn't, he's not scared of Eminem rapping, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he stepped up, so ultimate respect to MGK. He didn't, he didn't bow down, he didn't back down, so props on that. Mm-hmm. Now, Lord Jamar, um, you know, Lord Jamar has always tried to keep it funky with Eminem, and maybe even, like, we talked about white rappers. Mm-hmm. But his, his point is, this is... If you go back to jazz, you go back to rock and roll, you go back to all these art forms, and after black men dominated, not saying other races can't do it, but just the stuff that black people created, white people came in, and it diluted a lot of, not saying like the first, you know, not saying they diluted it, but they did, you know what I'm saying? A lot of this shit got diluted, a lot of great music came from it. But at the end of the day, it was gone. It was basically taken away. No more black people doing this shit, basically. So and his his thing is that, so that's what he's saying, is that hip-hop's the same way. And Eminem called himself Elvis, which all, we all know what Elvis did to with rock and roll and who, who shit he bit. So, and so George Amar's thing is like, you, you... You can't diss black men. This is our culture. This is what we created. How dare you type shit? So that's his standpoint on it. Is you are a, you you are a guest, but you're just a guest. You don't. You're not. You're not. You know. Like it's it's, it's technical with this because I mean Eminem's talented, and he's always so loved. He he's actually one of the ones who like because I know we talk about white and black, but there's black rappers that don't appreciate our culture. Mm-hmm. They don't fuck with our culture. They may rap, but they don't give two fucks about anything about it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, yeah, I'm black, so I don't have to give a fuck. But I think that's wrong because to give Eminem more credit is like he did give props to to the culture and he didn't shit on it. He obviously made a bunch of word ass songs, which is kind of a whole other topic. But in in essence. Um, he is a battle rapper because that's how he came up mm-hmm. that's how a lot of our favorite artists came up so he did come up and, and that's why he's so good because he has to battle just to get on yeah so yeah. that's his thing 
Um, I don't know where that's going to go from there because Lord Jamar, he can fucking make a new podcast, Godcast, if you want to call it, every every week, you know, just adding fuel to the fire. And then Eminem, obviously, he's not going to keep rapping at him because you can't battle a podcaster, which I think that leads to Joe, is that um, Joe, it, Joe can do more damage with a podcast mic not been a been a obviously a diss song, but he can get at you nonstop. Yeah. And not let up. And then he can pick up the mic and then he can go nonstop and not let up. So he's in a interesting position because he has an outlet and he he did a lot of things in this podcast. He played a song which means he 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 he's been dreaming of this battle for a long time and I think he does have stuff ready for Eminem I think he's been writing he probably doesn't say it he's not rapping but I think he's been writing I think he is he may he may take this one on I think he should take this one on because he's battled everybody else just about I mean he's battled some of the biggest artists and anybody that calls him a one-hit wonder or don't doesn't understand that everything he did after Def Jam is the reason why he's, you know, this where he's at today is not because of, oh, you can't be a one-hit wonder from 2003 and then be this successful, you know, because you obviously were doing something this whole entire time. So exactly. I, don't like to, I don't like to see people say that because that just means you're ignorant and you don't know what he's built. And then with him saying he's been better than M, I agree. I mean, you can even date it back to... You know, I think Eminem peaked at 8 Mile. I mean, that was like his, that's my favorite Eminem is that 8 Mile Eminem. Like that soundtrack, the 8 Mile um, song, the Lose Yourself, the Stimulate song. Mm-hmm. Like all that shit is my favorite Eminem because it's like, that's when he peaked. That was like, even, yeah, I would say that, that era. So everything after that era and on, I'm going to say Joe was definitely better because we had all the movie music. We had the fucking. I don't like when people even said that Fifty Cent and his mixtape shit was popping because Desert Storm, them niggas had the mixtape finished. Like they locked down. Like so, if you even want to talk about Joe's mixtape run, the move music, the features, the slaughterhouse, you can definitely say. I don't know. I think that's more than ten years, but that's that's definitely. I, I personally like Joe more than Eminem. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause the con, like he said, content. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to content. If you want to talk about Eminem's content, he has some great content, but a lot of it is jokey shit. Like you got videos with him in a Robin outfit. Mm-hmm. You got him. You know what I'm saying? And fart jokes and just shit like that. Like a lot of immature shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not hip hop shit. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of like almost. I guess it's his ode to Beastie Boys. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's that's my take on those three guys. Um, I think he went at Charlemagne too. I, I don't no, know. No, he didn't really. Not really. That he just. Yeah. I think he just mentioned it and. You know, Charlemagne likes the album, so he's like, whatever. <laughs> you know, and, that, that, and then ultimately, I think it really comes down to Slaughterhouse is that 
And so, like, we were talking off-air, like, I felt like they he sabotaged the slaughterhouse, you know what I'm saying? Because you, you had your own independent movement. You had dudes who were the first to go at all the littles before they became littles, you know what I'm saying? They oh, were the ones that was trying to bring bars back. Oh, well, hold on, and, hold on. Before we get into that, because I, that, I I'm going to answer mine for them three dudes. Okay. And then we'll um we'll get in the slaughterhouse. But we we gonna pause real quick right here for like a quick commercial break. So we'll be yeah, right back. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Hold hold, hold your head, you know what I mean? Hold your head, pop that top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what it is, yo. It's your boys Alan B. You know what I'm saying? For the Say No More podcast. And we just wanna take this opportunity to let y'all know the places that you can catch the podcast. Tell them where the catch is at, B. Yo, catch us distributed by Audio Boom. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and you know that's where we at. We in the Marquee Project right now. You know what I'm saying? We, we <laughs> you already know, <laughs> you know we up here getting this. We in building four B. You know what I'm saying? Cooking this, cooking this podcast up. You know what I'm saying? That's how we doing it, you know what I'm saying? Giving it to y'all in check. If you want to, like, link with us, talk to us about anything, any questions, uh, you know, suggestions, anything like that, you can hit us at the The Say No More Podcast. That's T-H-E-S-A-Y-N-O-M-O-R-E Podcast at gmail.com. You can catch us. That's actually the handle for everything for the Instagram is The Say No More Podcast. The hashtag is The Say No More Podcast, but on Twitter is The Say No More Pod. P-O-D. So it's the same thing on Facebook. Catch us on all of these different platforms. You know what I'm saying? We're going to keep growing. You know what I'm saying? We got the YouTube. We got the YouTube page set up. We ain't got nothing on it yet. But once we start filming and once we start putting out different content, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be a lot of bonus shit on the YouTube page. So definitely go check that out. You know what I mean? So look, it's your boys, Alan B. Rocking for the Say No More podcast. And it's been our little commercial break. Let's get back to the show. Peace. Year. Yeah, we back, you know what I'm saying? So we kind of left off, uh, you know, talking about M, and we, like, uh, dipped into the Slaughterhouse thing real quick. But I just want to give my quick response to, like, the uh, MGK, uh, Lord Jamar, and uh, Joe Budden situation. With MGK, um, yeah, I applaud him for, you know, going at M because a lot of people are typically scared to do that. Um, so I was happy to hear that I actually did listen to the song and the beat. He like he, you know, MGK is good at, you know, he's a good rapper. You know what I'm saying? I don't know of the MC level because I don't know his work to that degree. But I did listen to his first album. Uh, he was co-signed by DMX. Um, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he he did his thing. He did his thing on the song. The song was funny. You know what I'm saying? It, um, but there is the aspect of yeah, I mean, there was the aspect of what you were saying, like the fact that he, um, that he he gave M props, and saying we all know that you're the greatest rapper alive. But I think honestly, I think that's him speaking from. I don't think. I think that was like him, you know, him being white. You know what I'm saying? As as far as that goes, I think there could be a little something deeper in that because I don't know. I don't know who MGK's favorite MC of all time is. Like it's Eminem. 
Well, see, and that's kind of crazy because just be, because if if you're doing that, then that's just you're going based off of somebody that looks like you. And I don't like that's not, you know, the smartest thing to do. I would think that MGK should have somebody else that might be his greatest. Well, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I but, I'm, but no. But, I would but, assume if you're white and you rap in Eminem's like you're like your rap guys exactly you know? and, like, it, and and i don't think that that should be like be yourself you yeah know? Like, you know what i mean I, and, yourself and you feel like so that's what a lot of it too is like uh, i think that's too because I, I know a lot of i forgot what battle rapper said this a long time ago but he was on some it ain't that you saying these hot bars is that you saying because you're white and mm-hmm. if i if i said the same shit then it would it wouldn't be the same response. So I mean, yeah, and that's, that's kind of true. Part of it too is like, I mean, not saying he's not he is ex- like the elite level lyricist. So I, I won't I won't say because any race can you can you can say that without race. You can listen to the music and not be biased and say, oh, it's because he's white. Nah, because he is he is that nice. Well, it, it's um, just like anything it's, else. It's just like a lot of it gets. Is overblown it, because he is white, so it's kind of like that makes it more amplified. Because yeah. then it's like people throw him into these lists, but like I said, you have you have to show me discography. You have to show me, you know. And if you think about it too, we were talking about this too. Like, how how can you be top five if you came out near the end of two thousand? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, that means you studied. 30 some years of hip hop so you're able to mold your style off of you know Big Pun LL Redman um, Tretch Tretch like you have so you basically studied the, the art so you like how can you be above even these rappers we're naming if you you know what I'm saying if you came out so late in the game you know pretty much if you came out if you came out in like 91 type shit then niggas would have to give it up you know what I'm saying because that means he originated a lot of people after him yeah but that's not the case here you know what I'm saying like he brought in white rappers not on the same skill level or even skill set but I would say the white rappers that came after them is I think it's declined a lot you know what I'm saying because you know since he's came out I think they were better I want to say when he first came out because they actually had to rap type shit and get a deal. Hmm. But um, he didn't necessarily, you know, spawn. I think he's like a one of a kind. I don't think you would get an, another Eminem. Hell you no. Know Hell you no. Never, you never get that. Yeah, but I would yeah. expect a song to be Yeah, so, I mean, so, yeah, with MGK, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I. I've seen a couple things online saying that he's going to respond because I think some of the things that MGK said, you know, definitely got at him. Um, So, yeah, I think that would be the person that he would respond to. I do believe, like what you said, that he... Well, let me go to Lord Jamar. Yeah, I don't think he's going to say anything else back to Lord Jamar. Um, I think he wanted... It did get under... But it's crazy because it was from a Vlad interview. So... I don't know how, I don't know what Eminem's relationship with DJ Vlad is. I know Joe Budden, you know, from being in that circle. Joe doesn't like him. I've never seen a Vlad interview. I think ultimately this will be the dream, but I would think it would be the best thing for him and Lord Jamar to sit down and talk. 
I know they won't. But I'm if 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 I had a like a dream of something to happen, I, that would be you it. Like, have... <laughs> yeah, man. Like talk, Sit down, nigga, for like why not? You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, because if you responded, if you responded in a record, you know what I'm saying? Like. Lord Jamar is not going to get back in the booth. And even if he did, your fans aren't going to go listen to it and be like, ooh, Lord Jamar got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of his fans or people, they probably don't even know who, they don't even know. Like, we know because we know Lord Jamar. You know what I'm saying? So I would think that would be dope for him to, you know, address whatever things that he's he's think, clearly saying. I think Eminem was just trying to say that I do belong in these discussions, at least as a from a period. I think I think Lord Jamar is like hella. Um, what is the best word? I don't want to say pro-black, but he's on some fuck that. I don't give a fuck what he says. Yeah, this is our shit. This is black people shit. Fuck that shit. I think that's his stance on it. And I don't think he'll ever sway from that stand. So I don't think. I don't. I think it'll just blow over. Pause with, um, with them two. Because you know I want to say, I do want to say something about what Lord Jamar said. Because I did listen to the Yada, you know what I mean, guy cast. You know what I'm saying. Check that out if you haven't checked it out. You know what I mean. Um, Lord Jamar, Rod Digger, uh, they do their thing. They call it like you said. They call it the guy cast instead of a podcast. Um, and that Godfrey, that um, that that comedian. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's funny as yeah. He shout out to him because he's funny as fuck. You oh know yeah, no, that nigga's hilarious. He um, was. I was watching the other night. I think they had it on YouTube Live, and all three of them was on there, and they have a good dynamic. You know, oh, I'm gonna check that one. I'm gonna yeah. check that one out. Um, I was there's something that he he kept like kind of harping on that. Like M has the zany lyrics and talking about pulling out wedgies out of your ass this that and third. He said that M, his music has no feeling or it don't make you feel nothing. That's not true. That's not true. That's 100% now, not true. Now he, but he may have been talking about the, those songs because those songs, I, I don't, I don't want to give a percentage, but it could be more than the songs that have feeling in it. Well, yeah, a, a thousand percent. There's, well, a, there's, a, lot about, there's, there's a lot more. There's a lot more. Like, like more you know, of that. Like, cause I, we, you, I'll let you finish, but I think that's probably what you were leaning on to. But yeah. I, I kind of see, because, like, I know my brother would always say, I don't, he he's never listened to Eminem because he's like, I don't feel that shit. Yeah. So there's niggas out there that they just, they can't feel it regardless. I get it. Like, I... Even a song me and you feel. They can't. So I think that's a lot of Lord Jamar's argument, too, is, like, niggas just don't, they don't fuck with it. They don't play it. It ain't being not, like, like people imagine. Like, that's why I always say, like, how many songs are you knocking? I know my, I know the songs I love that I knock, but there's songs that I, I'll never play either. You know what I'm saying? I'll put it like this. You can't say that you can't feel lose yourself. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 that's that's universal to me. That's what I'm saying. Like there's that's feeling universal. in that song. That's so, extreme feeling. Yeah, I mean, and and that's all about how he got to the place that he got to. Like you get your one shot, you get your chance to blow it on. You know, come on. Like that's that's feeling. That's everybody's story. You know what I'm 
what I'm saying? Yeah. Not everybody. That's like the black man's story is to come up. It's like you got your one shot, your one chance, you know, are you going to let it slip away type shit. That's like the underdog story. That's why that's why he is where he's at because he comes from almost like the underdog, like like the any MC exactly. that had the same, all the same, not the same circumstances because obviously, you know, a lot of niggas came from really hard places that had the violent elements to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, and, and he, he comes from like that that bottom. So like, so Eminem has his own, you know legacy from where he came up from. Yeah, his own way of telling his story and and getting down and doing his thing. Um, So that's that's one of the joints. I mean, come on, the way I am, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a he has records that have things that you can. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's like a lot of eight mile road, man. With the train and the, and the beat, that's probably my favorite Eminem song. Listen, see, so like, he has he has yeah, done that shit has a lot of feelings. He has he's done a lot of things that I can't I can't throw him in the category of just like all of the other white rap. Like I can't do that. I you can't. I don't look at Eminem as a white rapper. I know he is a white rapper, but I respect him as an MC. Period. I respect him yeah, as an MC. He, he's he's done the MC shit. He's done the. He's done the, almost the, everything the, you need. The shit. He's he's done the underground shit. He's done the battle shit. He's done every aspect of everything that you know that you have to do to come up to get to get a deal. You yeah. know what I'm saying? When nobody got deals, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so I can't just put it on that the fact that when that the songs that were popular or or you know, is some of the craziest shit that he said because he did albums and and there's a certain thing called album cuts. You know what I'm saying? So for the people that don't that that do follow me on like Instagram and shit like that, I've been doing that thing called in the set. You know what I'm saying? And usually when I'm putting something on there, I'm not putting I'll put like my favorite tracks and shit like that, but typically I try to throw something on there that that you that maybe you didn't listen to on the album that might be the ill cut. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll give you a perfect example. I just put up Supreme Clientele yesterday. You know what I'm saying? And I was listening to Mighty Healthy. You know what I mean? So that's the one I screenshotted and I put that shit up there. And I said, I wonder how many people didn't know that. Um, you know, the whole new God flow from Pusha T and, and Kanye. I wonder how many of y'all didn't know that this is where he where he got this from. His supreme clientele for Kanye to be listening to that shows like where his mindset was when he was trying to make that type of record and then brought Ghostface back to do the remix. You know what I'm saying? Years and years later. So there's album cuts, you know what I'm saying? So M has them other joints that didn't make it out there because Joe's to Joe's point, and I'll get to Joe Button now. Um, he said he started off on Slaughter Mouse record. I was listening to Rock Bottom. That's the song that actually made me pay attention when I first heard Eminem's album. Cause yeah, you have my name is, and that shit was popular and shit like that. But then my cousin Dewan, shout to Dewan, you know what I'm saying? I know you listening to shit. Um, I took his Eminem uh, Slim Shady LP tape, 
you know what I'm saying? I was down in North Carolina. I had to mow the lawn and shit. And I was like, man, I don't want to do this shit. So I threw that shit in a Walkman. Yeah, this is an old nigga reference. So all you niggas don't know. You know what I'm saying? You might not know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> but I had to mow the fucking lawn. And I I didn't want to do that shit by my, you know, with nothing. So I threw the fucking tape in a Walkman. And when that song came on, I was like, oh, shit. That one, if I had a million dollars, you know what I'm saying? Like, the just don't give a fuck, you know what I'm saying? Like, different joints, you know what I'm saying? Like, that that came through was just like, all right, you know what I mean? Like, he, this dude is more than what we hear on, you know, my name is. He's definitely got more in the arsenal than that shit. Bad Meets Evil is an album cut off of there. That's where we first heard Royce the 5'9", you know what I mean? So, it, you know, it's... Like Lord Jamar's opinion on him and and white rappers, period, is is very strong. So, I, like I, I I would think the best thing that could be had from there is a conversation, because if not, it's just gonna be opinion on this side and maybe a rap on this side. So it'll just be back and forth. So I don't see that going too many too far. Now to Joe Button before we get into the slaughterhouse thing. Um, yeah, I don't think I think Joe might have something in the tuck because he already said on the podcast that uh Slaughter Mouse started off as a diss track. You know what I'm saying? Originally. But he decided to get some shit off his chest. Now, I was gonna tell you, I went back and started listening to that All Love Lost, man. Joe is he wasn't fucking around. He like was purging himself all of loss was like the setup for his retirement because he rapped a, like a lot of them joints is like seven, eight minutes. Joe, that's some if you if you don't know anything about Joe Button and you want to hear some rapping, that's an album. And he dropped it when he was doing a podcast. Um, so go listen to all of loss. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit has a bunch of joints on there. The Slaughter Mouse record kind of gives you the prelude to all of this shit that's happening now and the shit that he was feeling and the shit that he just hasn't been talking about. If you're a Slaughterhouse fan and you, you, you're confused, excuse me, you don't know what's going on. And if you didn't really, if you were just a Slaughterhouse fan, like not knowing about the history of it and knowing Joe Button's history as well as we know his history, pick up his record or like, I know you niggas ain't going to pick up records. We even though we've been fucking telling you that message, but go to your fucking streaming platform and put, put on Joe Button, all love lost. Just listen, if you want some rap, you want to break from the shit you hear on the radio and you want some lyrics, go listen to All Love Lost. It's a phenomenal record. You know what I'm saying? It's produced well. It's a lot of rapping. And I think a lot of people slept on that shit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I don't think that I agree with you. I think Joe has something ready. You know what I'm saying? But I think M's next move is going to determine if Joe does or says anything. Cause I don't think that I agree with what he said that what that little shot wasn't enough for him to, I don't think it was enough. Remy kind of put some sauce on it by watching that show. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, yo, yo, what's up? You want the smoke or not? You know what I'm saying? This like, 
is supposed to be on site if any nigga say your name on the record. So I don't know. Like that one could only hope and see that I would love to see the two of them sparred out and and like like Joe said, you don't have any money on the line. You're just getting at me as an MC, you know what I'm saying, type shit. So we'll see. We'll see what the hell is going on. But let's get to this slaughterhouse shit. Let's get to it. Um So where do you want to start? Do you want to start with M or you want to start with Joe? Because Joe did take ownership of Slaughterhouse being no more. So how you want to how you want to tackle this? Um, yeah, and we talked about this a long time ago when we talked about Free Slaughterhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how do you feel? Like, you can start with, where do you want to start? Um, I would say, uh, I knew something was wrong when I purchased my copy of Our House. Um, and the first record comes on, which is called Our House. And Joe wasn't on it. I knew something was wrong from there, and I didn't have any inside information. And then as the re- the rest of the records played, if you look at the back of that CD, which is what I have, um, it says executive produced by Eminem. I don't know if there's ever been another album aside from maybe somebody like Ob Trice or maybe D12's second album um that was ever solely produced executive produced by Eminem but the the reason I'm bringing that up is if you listen to that Slaughterhouse Welcome to Our House album um you can tell you can tell 100% it's a lot of beats that Eminem was rapping on during his recovery relapse you know, situation, uh, Marshall Mathers LP2, which I actually thought wasn't that bad. I think that was the better of his, his like four or five releases and shit. Um, so yeah, um, the, the album didn't feel right to me, not from what I, what we knew from the mixtape, and Joe's mixtape, which is Halfway House, I believe, that we first heard Slaughterhouse, the record. Um, so this is some history for y'all motherfuckers that don't know nothing about it. Go listen to Joe Budden, Halfway House. Um, so that's two album recommendations there. And um, he had he he grouped some MCs together, and they did their thing. They called it Slaughterhouse, and it was crazy. And then... These niggas said that they were going to form a group. It hit the internet, and we was like, get the fuck out of here. And, you know, the record comes, and it was, well, there was a mixtape before the record came out on Koch uh, or E1, whatever you want to call the label. And um, that shit was hard. You know what I'm saying? Um, Microphone, um, you know what I'm saying? It had beats from Alchemist, beats from... Uh, DJ Khalil, um, man, they, they, it was like everybody, like, it was just like Voltron. 
you know what I'm saying? Like some of the illest MCs forming up to just do their thing and just spaz out. And you knew we were always trying to figure out who had the hardest verse, you know what I'm saying? And like, it was just, that shit was just crazy, man. It was, it was just a great, it, it was dope. You know what I'm saying? They were having fun. They were touring. And they had so much music in their own personal catalogs that you got a really good fucking hip-hop rap show. You know what I'm saying? Because they rep- these guys represented the culture. They had been through being signed to major people or being under major people and that not being successful. And they still didn't give up and did their thing and then came together and was rocking and was on a big stage. So when they got signed to Shady Records, I, like a bunch of, like a whole bunch of other people thought it was a rap. Like they was going like, come on, like you got Eminem behind you? Like. I thought, yeah, I thought he was gonna, I'm not saying their music would get better, but I, I thought, okay, this is, Eminem was still, you know, rapping great around his time so I thought this would bring a new like you said a new element almost like a um you know like an all-star team full of MCs that you know that that's gonna come in and crush everything lyrically mm-hmm. and it, it didn't it didn't pan out that way no it didn't and um the reasons Joe gave a lot of examples I did look and at all one one quick thing People have to realize this is we know where Royce is at right now in his career, which is and which is insane to say, but it's probably the biggest he's been mm-hmm. in his career. People had to remember Joe Budden was the biggest name. This was his not only his group, but everything he did up until Slaughterhouse put him as a top tier, top billing, the number one artist on this group. Because I know a lot of people are looking at it from a, a 2018 standpoint, but after Royce did that album with Eminem, that you know, with the lighter song with Bruno Mars, that not only put Royce in like a new tax bracket because it's like they sold crazy singles and records and to- whatever they toured, so that put Royce, that kept edging Royce up, even though on his own. I knew, I knew where Royce was, you know what I'm saying? Like, I knew how good he was. I knew all the shit he put out this, his entire career, but not necessarily everyone else that weren't paying attention to him because after that, you know, he, he, he formed Prime and everything else he was doing. So uh, everybody got to remember, Joe still was the number one in that group, even though lyrically, um... I don't want to say he was. I don't want to say he was cooling off, but his his punches wasn't as sharp as they were, like you know, during his mixtape era. But he was still top tier. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Royce was putting out them bar exams, but Royce's his shit was was super sharp. We you know how crook. I mean, we know like crook how he get down. Joel to me. I thought he was like the last in the group, um, but he definitely opened my eyes to him as getting better too. Like he, I think he started gradually getting better as time went on. You know, after Slaughterhouse and so. Yeah, no, no, a hundred percent. I think Joe, like you said, because me and Jaquan 
um, my brother Artis, um, who also mixes the show. Shout out to him. Um, he he and I noticed that a lot that Joe didn't have always the strongest verses, this, that, and the third, but Joe was already cooking. You know what I'm saying? He was cooking in so many, he, he was on the mixtapes heavy. He was always dropping a record. He was bodying like everything that he touched. Like he was the MC to be feared, period. Like niggas was not fucking with Joe. Cause and and that's part of the things that he was saying that, you know, he's had, you know, the same that's why he said he related to him so much so i think a lot of this was like personal you know what i'm saying between him i i think that uh from what he was saying on the podcast M was like a like a god like uh you know what i'm saying like that guy that you just don't talk like how motherfuckers feel i guess about like a oprah like somebody that's just at an elite level and they're just such a superstar that no, there's no just gelling or connecting or what have you. Like you think that you think that you you think that you have this connection with this person due to the music and the things that you do connect with and you have so many things in common. And then when you get there and you're hyped, you're like, yeah, man, I've got here off my talent. You appreciate what I do. Like now let's make magic together. And when you're shunned, like, well, that's the superstar. Like, when he comes, you will speak to him. If if not, you know what I'm saying? I think a lot of that shit... That sounds crazy. Nigga, I think that shit happened, though. Because, look, man... Nobody, nobody is that above hip-hop. Let me keep it a buck. Hold on. Let like, me keep it a can't buck. You can't be that. No one's that. Let, no one... Let me do this. All right, real quick, you know what I'm saying? I had a little slight technical difficulty, whatever. But, um, um, yeah, to your point, I just want to keep it a buck real fast about no one being above hip-hop, hip-hop, right? There are certain people, and I hate to burst niggas' bubbles, but you niggas know I'm from East Orange, New Jersey. We know that for the people that know me. You know what I'm saying? This is Al Moody, A Boogie, whatever you want to call me, my real AKAs and shit. You know what I'm saying? Al, whatever. Um, Y'all know how much I give it up for, you know, people from our hometown. But listen, shout to Robert Glasper for finally keeping it real. And because a lot of people evidently been dance, tap, tap dancing around the topic. But there are people that feel like they are God level. And I just think if a motherfucker tells you, you, that person, you, your talent is so great that they want you to work for them and do something for them. Robert Glasper is an amazing piano player. Um, I will recommend, that'll be my other rec- album recommendation, give you something a little switch up because a lot of people don't know about it because, you know, most of the time when black people do stuff, you know, and we're winning so much, they be like, yo, y'all winning a little too much. Robert Glasper won, how I found out about him, he won an R&B Grammy. And I know a, pop, a bunch of people listening to this right now probably like, who the fuck is Robert Glasper? Because you, when you win a Grammy, you should be known Go check out his album, Black Radio. He has two of them, Black Radio and Black Radio 2. It features Yasin Bey, a.k.a. Most Def. It features Erica Badu, Music Soul Child, Layla Hathaway, Lettucey, a number, like, 
you want some good music for your soul, good shit, and he's a composer and piano player, and he's dope at what he does. The reason I brought up the Jersey shit, Miss Lauren Hill. Miss Lauren Hill, and if you don't know about it, you can just Google Robert Glasper and put Lauren Hill behind it, and it'll show you everything that he, the full story. I'm not going to go into all of it right now, but one of the things that got at him was that they said, when you see her, do not look at her in her eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nigga, he all right. So Robert Glasper, no, Lauren Hill. He Robert Glasper was supposed to play for Lauren Hill for a show. He was gonna play piano because you know Lauren. She, you know, when you do your album, you know, when you an artist like her is gonna come out with a band. You know what I'm saying? So you're gonna get like Jay Z would use, you know. The Illadelphonics, you know what I'm saying, when he would go out. So you're going to get the illest band that you could get to make your music pop. She wanted Robert Glasper to do her show, you know what I'm saying? And she was going to get paid half a million dollars for the show. That's another thing. Lauren Hill, this day and age, 20 years ago. No, I I am, yes. Yes. Nah, we gotta, we gotta, nah, nah, yeah, nope, nope, nope. We gonna we gonna go back, but I'm talking about this level of which Joe was describing when Eminem comes around, type of thing. Like he only moves through, you know. what I'm saying he'll move through to hear some shit, but you're not gonna be chilling with the nigga in the studio with your notepad and y'all both writing rhymes, type shit. Like it's like on some. That's not hip hop. Exactly. So if. No, like no, ain't nobody can do that. You know what I'm saying? Because of where you come from, you can't do that. So I'm saying with Lauren, that's just one of the little things. And you, I'll let everybody go read and him tell you everything else that he she did that was fucked up. But yeah, she, but we going off of his account. We got to keep this energy on Eminem. No, nigga. Because I, I don't think they're just, they're not because Eminem, but obviously it's not the same. Well, if, if if I'm talking about the celebrity status, like, if we heard that from like the Fugees, and if we just hear it from one group, no, 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 this it's out there, it's out there from the Fugees. Trust me, <laughs> like no, it's it's official, my nigga. Like you gotta you, you gotta let it rock, man. Like it's it's it, that's me, that's me, and and me being from. The place that she's from, like niggas been giving her love and I've been showing love and I'm I'm it's it's just but I'm not, you know, I'm not shitting on you know everything she did. Said in, in, in Who? Which part? You know what Shaheen said in Introduce? <laughs> Which part? He said show more love. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, listen, let's not so get it fucked up. Let's let's not get it fucked up. I love what she contributed. I still love the album. I'm never taken away from that. But I do think that some people, when you reach a certain level of stardom, you know, I I think that shit is crazy. Where if you could tell a motherfucker, you can't look me in my eyes, like that's wild. You know what I'm saying? So if it's so, I can understand Joe's point to where. If you sign me, because, you know, Joe spoke on, like, meeting after meeting after meeting. I'm not going to lie. The fantasy rap scenario, what I'm thinking is that 
you know, these, these niggas get slime to Slaughterhouse and they go in and they're sitting with him trying to make this album. I mean, they get signed to Shady. Did they not know their worth before, in, like in hindsight, did they not understand their worth? That's why they signed. Because they wanted Eminem to give them worse. Because if we think about now, this is a million dollar touring group. Because without, if they never, just, like, let's just say the second album came out indie. Mm-hmm. And then you look at where Royce is at. And you look at where Joe's at. The popularity of these two guys. The, the Now we got premiere on deck. Like this is this is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, yeah. hip hop group right now, because they bet that Eminem would bring them value, and this label Shady would bring them value when they didn't realize that they were the value. And then with Joe, Joe's been bucking the system. I, I can't believe he even agreed to sign a deal. Um, you know. To, to even sign a deal because he look, look at Def Jam what they did to him like he should have been in my eyes the next Jay Z you know what I'm saying but on on a, on mm-hmm. a, a conscious level but that could bring what Jay Z brought to the table too so like when Jay Z talked about the new improved Jay Z I think Joe Budden was that but in his own in his own right in his own style but you know if, if Def Jam can him and I still don't know why why would you then sign a shady but then like like I just said maybe they didn't know their value and they thought Eminem's his his um ultralight beam that he has over him anything that he's you know obviously mixed into could bring you more popularity more fandom more everything but at the end of the day they're still slaughterhouse they're still underground nobody buys that shit you know what I'm saying? You can tour with it, and, and you can make more money touring and merchandising than actually physical copy sold because it's still a slaughterhouse. It's still, just like when we were talking about the firm, you know, on paper, it's one of the biggest groups of all time, but people don't, didn't know about Easy. I didn't know about Nature, and I knew a lot about, you know, all kinds of Queens rappers, rapper mm-hmm. Nature. I didn't know about him. And then Foxy, obviously Foxy was big, but this is not when Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine get together, like, oh, this is going to sell like five million records when that's not, they're, they're still under, not underground, but Nas ain't selling no 15 mm-hmm. million, you know, 10 million records, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's what I kind of think is like, even though Eminem back. Slaughterhouse, they're not, they're still underground rap group, and he did not take on, because to me, Eminem was a member of D12, like an official member of D12. So he had to be on, if not every record, 50%, 60%, he had to basically be on all, just about every record, almost like an extension of what he's been doing, because that's how it sinks so well. Because they rapped about a lot of, I want to say goofy stuff, but shit, that shit was it was hard. It was funny as fuck. It was good. It was good music. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you know, like I'll shit on you. That's one of the funniest fucking songs you'll ever hear from D12. Um, but yeah, so that's what I, that's my take on it. Is, is maybe they thought 
they weren't worth what they thought they were in hindsight. Now it burns to think about that they signed that deal versus what I think Eminem should do instead of dissing niggas is fucking empower these guys to put out a, you know, I don't know. I think maybe it's too late. Like you said, Joe's not rapping no more, but maybe if they let, if they let the slaughterhouse go, maybe he will then start rapping. I don't know. I don't know if he wants to be I mean, you could probably get another artist in Slaughterhouse, but it's still yeah, not nah, Slaughterhouse. Nah, I wouldn't be. I don't think that would be the best um, thing. From what Crooked said, they still... Crooked released some stuff on... Um, on uh, There's a pull-up with Crooked Eye. And Crooked Eye has the footage, and I believe Joe might have... Joe has to have the footage, but he's not going to release it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's, you know, some because I guess he wanted to be able to state his point, and I, I don't know his reasons. I'm not going to speak for him. But um, what I will say is, yeah, you're you're right that he thought that there was something that Eminem could bring because I'm just going over it. Their first record, uh, the debut album, Slaughterhouse, only sold... Um, thirty. It sold eighteen thousand copies their first week. Twenty thousand were shipped, and as of September two thousand nine, it has sold thirty one thousand. Now, with some mixtapes, and then the finding out of shining the shady records, and this, that, and the third, when they released the next album, you know, in twenty twelve, it sold a hundred and thirty thousand copies and ultimately i think yeah so i think it capped off from the last time at 146 you know what i'm saying so at the end of the day um i think from what crooked was saying that's what they're supposed to do i mean that's not that's not bad i mean anywhere like 250 and under that's But the thing is, after doing that, that project, well, no, no, that's the thing. After doing that project, the next one, Glass House, because we were, you know, let down with Welcome to Our House. It has some dope records like Hammer Dance, you know what I'm saying? And um, it was some, it was another joint on there that was, that was hard. Uh, The Swiss Beats one, Throw It Away, like, um... Yeah, you had those records, you know, minus, and that's crazy because I had the deluxe copy, so I'm, like, subtracting everything else, including the CeeLo song, This Is My Life. So um, with, so they had some, it's like you went down a step, you sold more, now your audience is bigger, but then you're promising fans, like, yo, don't worry about it, we got Just Blaze, Justice League, Cardiac, Ill Mind, a rap, oh, we got that. DJ Premier. Everybody's gonna be on Glass House. Everybody was like, "Nigga, Glass House is gonna be that one to just take them out of here." And that's when the issue started. That's when the issue started with Joe, um, because he started seeing things and he didn't understand things. And then some time passed, and you know, it was it was just a bunch of stuff and then M was supposed to be on songs and then it wasn't happening and you know, it was a lot and we we've finally come to the point now where it's like it's just not happening. 
you know, say it's not happening. We're not getting this album. Joe ultimately retires. Everybody does solo projects like that's how we get a prime because the crazy thing is what a lot of people did not know. Shout to our favorite producer of all time, DJ Premier. There was supposed to be a Slaughterhouse record with all Premier beats. So rest in peace to that fucking incredible idea that just didn't happen because it's not like DJ Premier is the issue. That nigga's dropping albums left, right. He's working with whoever wants to work with him. Shit, he just did a joint with ASAP Ferg not too long ago, which was fire. Um, But yeah, man, like it, it just it's sad that it had to happen this way. And then to your point with the D12 shit and saying that Eminem was part of the group. Yeah, he he addressed that in the Stepping Stone record. Which he he states that he used them. He was like, I should have never used y'all as my stepping stone. Because all that did was put Eminem further up. You know what I'm saying? Because the next D12 album, what was that? D12 World? I think that that was that's the one. I don't even fucking remember what was on there. Like, I know, you know, Devil's Night. Like, that one was the one. But, you know, yeah, it, it just ultimately... No matter what happens, Eminem wins because he's going to continue to sell records. I think he's at like, I think his album sold like 430,000 or some shit like that. Like, that's what Joe was thinking was going to happen because he, M is from the struggle. He's from the MC catalog. He's, he knows how hard it is to get out there and to be super talented and to have Royce who is like your brother right there. And and you know, the rest of these dudes situation and what they were trying to do. And I think Joe felt betrayed that it wasn't happening. And he was like, fuck this. I'm out, which you can't, that's, that's part of his, his his makeup is like if he ain't feeling the shit, he's out because we seen that with everyday struggle. That shit wasn't working for him, so he's like, fuck this, he's out. And he's gonna make his own way. So ultimately to kind of cap it, um I just feel like at the end of the day, this was something that was great. We there's unfortunately within hip hop, within this culture, there's a lot of promise and then there's a lot of letdowns. And that's def- that's dependent upon... Huh? A lot of label bullshit. Yeah. A lot of label bullshit. I mean, it's fucking rap. It's not complicated. If you're not sabotaging the shit, then that shit would have came out, to, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? It just felt, it felt like a label sabotage. They just fucking making rap. They just... These niggas ain't making these fucking, I'm not saying well thought out, but they're basically, they get a fucking, a beat, they slam the beat, they throw a hook on, they go to the next one. We're not expecting some magical shit from Slaughterhouse, we just want banging beats and bars. These niggas only got to deliver one fucking 16 or 32 or 40 for each song, so this does not sound like overcomplicated work these aren't women i don't want to say women like it's not an r&b group where you got to worry about all this shit these niggas is just coming in dropping fire Mm -hmm. and moving to the next song i don't know how hard that is these labels fucked it up these labels are notorious for fucking up hip-hop 
they already had something going. This should have been the easiest alley oop. Now you got Eminem, you got more resources. You probably got a bigger budget, so you can bring in Primo. You can bring in Blade. You can bring in Alchemist. You can fucking bring in whoever the fuck you want now. Put the fucking album out. Give a fuck if it doesn't sell. This is for the culture. It's bigger than you, Marshall. It's bigger than you, fucking Shady Records, whoever the fuck is up there. You fucking sabotage the culture at the end of the day. And that goes back to what Lord Jamar was saying because not putting race on it, but these are not black people making decisions on black music. And now we have uh, one of the, potentially one of the best hip hop groups you've ever seen in a fucking trash can somewhere because people sabotage this fucking movement when they were the ones who fucking said we're tired of hearing these bullshit raps before the Littles came, pre-Little movement, they was like, we want bars. They were they were the ones talking about bars. They were the only ones talking about bars. This is important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now look at them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Joe retired. Royce is still doing his thing, not to knock the other two members, because they're still fucking dope as fuck, but as a collective, we need them all together, because some people, not to, and I, I will never knock anyone's solo career, but some people are better in a group environment than solo, because you're going to have yeah. more eyes yeah. on that person, you know what I'm saying, that, that's just what it is, and there's no knock, but some, some people are born to be solo artists, some are just better at group, like Sheik Lutz, mm-hmm. for example, you know, versus a, a Jada Kiss, you know, Jada Kiss, not even, not even comparing skill set, but it's just like Sheik is better. I think, yeah, he gives group. you, he gives you a different, um, he, you get more, you, you get, like, because everybody don't know how to make, right. yeah. Everybody can't do solo albums, and that's no knock on anyone at all, because, we're here from a fan aspect. We know, we know about, um, you know, a solo career versus a group career. Two people that have done it successfully. Mm-hmm. I think that and corrupt. I think individually, they're they're they had a great individual careers. And as Dogtown, even though we didn't get as much Dogtown as we got solo. But they're they're two people that actually had successful solo careers on their own independently. You know what I'm saying? So there are there are people out there that can even though I think it's harder to be a solo act because you, you have more on your plate, but some people were destined to be solo artists and some just can't fit the bill, you know what I'm saying? Like It is what it, it is, is, man. It is so it yeah, is. I think I think you said it right. Um, labels, you know what I'm saying, like they fuck things up, you know. What I mean, uh, I miss the days of a raucous. I miss the. Uh, we we still have an element of that. Shout to Stones Throw Records, um, Peanut Butter Wolf. You know, what I'm saying like that allowed people to be artists and allowed them to do what they do, and still, you know, you might not be selling, you know, this and that, but at the same time, that label ain't raping you for the well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's like they want you to sell. They want you to sell your culture for, yeah, for monetary you know aspects. When a lot of a lot of people don't realize their best work was when they wasn't trying to sell records. That's they were it. trying to make their own music, 
I didn't give a fuck about who wanted to buy it because that was the soul. The soul of hip hop is you doing this even without a label deal. Oh, like yeah. I always All love time. that Nas, that Nas shit because you would you would do this like we would do this. This podcast is a phone call. Yes, it's exactly. a fucking podcast. It's something that we would be chopping up in yep. person or All over day. the phone. You know what I'm saying? It's that. We, we do it even if just for the love of talking about hip hop and the culture we would be having like they say man that, like niggas say man you doing this you said it best man we doing this with or without a record deal you know what I mean so cause how many record labels was right you know what I'm saying it was right some of them when it was right it sold out whatever you was doing so yeah you may have went pop but yeah, they got the bag, you know what I'm saying? They was happy with it, but then how did your career, yeah. what did your career do after yeah. that? After a thousand pop? percent. I just seen a video. At the same time, I always say this too, nigga, you recorded mm-hmm. that record, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, even if you ain't that type of nigga, you still yeah. could lay down that song, you know, and you got to have sex and balances, you got to have niggas that's like yo that song is well, black it's, you know what I'm saying like, it's funny you said that cause uh, even speaking of Nas like I just seen a video on Instagram the other day on his Mass Appeal page he put up a video of him and Jermaine I don't know how recent this is but it was him Jermaine Dupree and Bow Wow in his studio and or wherever they were at and he said Joe you know what's crazy he was like you he was like, I remember you wanted me to do this song and you you had a check for me for $100,000 and you were about to hand it to me and I looked at it like, for what? To do a song? And Nas did not know that people were getting checks like that. You know what I'm saying? To because he was like, you know where I come from with this, and he and and Bow Wow was like, I'm staying out of this conversation because this is some G shit. That's he was like, I've never gotten nothing like that, and he was like, yeah, man. He was like Jermaine Dupri. He was like the first time I ever got a six figure check to do a record was given to me by Jermaine Dupri, and he was like, the craziest shit was you sign that shit and you went back to producing. You were on the boards. They gave you the check. You signed off on 100, passed it to me, and, like, it was nothing, and went back to doing my your beats. And I was like, damn, nigga. That's fucking crazy. crazy. Salute to Jermaine Dupree. You know what I'm saying? He does not get a lot of credit, you know what I'm saying, for his contributions to this culture. Um, he had an incredible so-so deaf a reunion and had all types of people that he has made superstars and millionaires that he was able to bring out and you know uh, man incredible you know like like we, we we're gonna get into producers you know what I'm saying when when the YouTube shit comes we're gonna really get into our bag so this is we yeah, we gonna make our yeah. own YouTube. So, <laughs> man, fuck all that shit. Yeah, I mean, you know this, this is light. <laughs> you know what I mean? We gonna, by the time, yeah, we gonna, we gonna be coming this to This shit is light work, YouTube, man. So, I'm man, telling you. What y'all getting right now, though, this shit is gems, man. Take this shit in, man. Download this shit. Yo, and shout out to, shout out to Jermaine Dupree. I want to say that, like, 
a lot of music right now mm-hmm. is not fun, my nigga. Like, shout out to even Puff for making music yeah. that made people want to dance. Like, every morning I put on some shit, or during, or when I get home, I want to, like, I'd be dancing, you know what I'm saying, to, to wake my soul up. Because if you ain't dancing, nigga, you, you fucking frowning, you know what I'm saying? If you ain't laughing, you crying, my nigga, like, play some music. That's my word of advice. Word. I'm going to drop what you like, fucking now. Play some fun music. Get get your ice grill off, you fucking <laughs> nigga. You ain't got an ice grill. You know what I'm saying? All fucking days. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and that's what, and that's what, um, shout out to Big Pun, rest in peace, because I think he told Fat Joe that, nigga, stop ice grilling me, nigga, when they first met in the studio, because I I wanna, I wanna be your friend or some shit. I, I forgot who Big Pun said that to, but he was like, "Stop ice grilling me, nigga. I wanna be your friend." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so shout out to everybody that made good, not even positive. I don't wanna say good or positive, good or bad, but that made music that people smiled to, that made them feel good, that wasn't taking a soul, a toll on a soul type shit, putting them in bad moods and shit, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to Social Death, the Brad, you know what I'm saying? Um, everybody that was well, that was down hurry, with hurry, you know hurry. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, um, shout out to my wife, Mina, um, who, shit, one of these days is going to be coming with her own podcast. I'm putting it on the podcast and putting it into existence, so now she got to do it. So if you're listening to this, yeah, I did it. Um, oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna talk to you offline about that. It's gonna be, you know, some some shit. But um, okay. yo, it's so crazy that you brought up the fun music shit because you remember you and I was talking about. I think we talked about it offline. But uh, Sean Paul, Dutty Rock, classic. Oh, Listen. classic. I'm still in love with you. That should put you in your feelings of that girl. I mean, that my feelings you know, more you know than a Drake that, song. That <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I had to call a girl back a couple of Son, times after check. that song came out. You know what I'm saying? Like, that Her made me want to go back. But shout out yeah. to that. That's real, that's real feelings. That's real intention. That ain't no, that ain't no fake watered down shit. That's some real, that's, that, yeah. Watch the video, you know what I'm saying? That video is incredible. Incredible. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that should take, that's, that's high school. That's, that's the college. That's the beginning of take college. Take the ice grill off, grab the girl, like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Have a Man. good time, you know what I'm saying? Like, stop trying to dog these girls, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can love a woman, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to school these young that's, niggas and even the older niggas. Exactly. So I'll say this: she, um, it was get busy, and we put it on the Bluetooth speaker, and she was like, "Give me a second, I'm gonna turn this shit way up." And she was like, "Go ahead." We was just dancing in the crib, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, it, 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 it gives you that That's fucking up, fit, like I, Sean I, Paul, man. Damn, man, shout the fucking Sean Paul, man. Dutty Rock. That's my last album recommendation. If you ain't heard it, go get it. And the crazy thing is, because I had it, I had burned it. Nigga, I don't have it. I don't have Dutty Rock. I don't have the CD, and I need it. I do have Trinity. 
I had Trinity. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to get the Definitely. Dusty Rock. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Sean Paul. He put on that wave. Fam, that, that baby boy song wave. with Beyonce. And that then is. we heard the rumor that Jay-Z was like, yeah, oh, Jay-Z was like, yo. nah. <laughs> yo, no, no, we yo, 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 we gotta holler at the big homie. So yo, but yo, Sean Paul was out there killing him, yo, and Jay was like, Jay was like, yo, fuck yo, out of here, nigga. Yo. You not- <laughs> yo, 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 we, I already know, I already know, yo. About we, gonna, we gonna let that one live. Shout out to shout you out know, to the Carters, the Carters. Shout out to shout out to them. That's a gem for y'all. There's a movie recommendation called Badass, and it's spelled B-A-A-D-A, five S's with an exclamation point. Um, It came out in 03. Mario Van Peoples is the legendary... 
director that directed the movie New Jack City, which we told you guys to go watch, you know what I'm saying, um, as one, one of the podcasts ago that we, we said that shit. That's going to be my recommendation. I haven't seen it. I know, B, we was talking offline. You haven't seen it. We're going to check that. Check out Posse, you know what I'm saying, if you ain't seen that, because I've never seen that shit. So um, we'll get into it more later, you know what I'm saying, but we always try to hit you with a little bit of film, Definitely some album recommendations and all of that. And, um, yeah, man, look. Shit. And we got Snapple Facts. Word. Word. And I got this on the Yada Mean God cast, but we got to, you know, I think this, even if this gets out to our fan base or you or whoever listening. So, NHL, let me ask you a question. How many black players in the NHL? Uh, five. Probably not a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think, do you think, how heavy do you think black um, hockey players were into hockey? Like, if you could think, like, if you could think back 100 years. Nigga, I was when I watched Mighty Ducks. So check this out. This is what I learned. In Nova Scotia, nigga, mm-hmm. there was a colored hockey league from 1895 to 1925 before the fucking NHL, nigga. Get the fuck out of here. Nigga, my brain blew up. I had to pick it up off the fucking ground. Wow. And there's a book called Black Ice, The Hit Lost History of the Colored Hockey League. I'm gonna copy it. Yeah, I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that. When niggas think about hockey, niggas was on the ice before the fucking NHL NHL was popping. I'm gonna get that. Niggas was really in hockey, so that just blew my brains out. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to and there's a lot of dope. I heard a lot of dope black. You know, I'm not. We don't make this a black or white thing, but niggas, niggas gotta have, niggas gotta have something. (laughs) So we gonna take. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you don't take off props, nigga, fuck y'all. Word. Fuck your life if you don't like it. If you don't yeah, like it, man, lift yourself. Do better. Yo, you can't fuck your life, then lift yourself. <laughs> Yo, just been to say that. That's that balance, my nigga. We, I'm all about balance. You know what I'm saying? Fuck your life and lift yourself. Out. That's what it is. Bump the mob, we bumped the mob deep at 2 p.m., and then you bump that Maya at 5 p.m. That'll offset, no pun intended. That might be my, that that be, that's that's probably going to be my joint for the day. I'm going to do my in the set on murder, it's about, murder you know music. Saying? You can, you got to get that balance in there, you know what I'm saying? Like, I fucked with the hardcore music, but I fucked with the conscious music heavier. So my, it's actually not balanced. My conscious is way higher, but... That fucking hardcore shit is heavy as fuck, so you gotta know that your conscience you gotta be even higher to that that my beat weigh a ton, nigga. You know what I'm saying? And gun bars weigh a ton. Word but they would also giving and then lastly with my beat and then prodigy, they was giving you a story too, so it wasn't always on some bullshit, you know what I'm saying? This is the shit this is the shit that was really happening. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, like Prodigy said, niggas get cut up, I put it in my rapping type shit. Exactly. Exactly. Things really happen. Shout out to Cormega too. I'm gonna dig this nigga up. I wanna be doing a podcast with Cormega. Yes. I, I don't know when the shit's gonna happen. It's gonna he's happen. My, he's, he's my dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my guy. You know Fuck what I'm saying? Him. Shout out to rapper Cormega. He's a friend of ours. Yeah. 
He's a friend of he's ours. A friend of ours. Hell yeah, he's a friend of ours. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm Yo, but yeah, Chuck, this has been the Say No More podcast, episode 23, like Jordan, nigga. We keep coming at oh, y'all. Oh, yeah, and, and this is, and I know we didn't speak about Jordan, but damn, they, they, they fucked up the, the black, red, and white joint. They have a million different colors, and black, red, black, white, and red. They fucked that up. They overdid that shit. We gonna have to talk offline about that shit. You know that's my favorite colorway. <laughs> but yeah, but they man. got too many out. It's like if a nigga had a moment, I don't know what am I looking at, my nigga. Like, are yeah. these the band ones? Are these the ones from 01 with the, you oh, know, with the, with I know which the, ones you t- yeah. one you got, my nigga. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know which one you talking about. What am I fucking about. looking at? Are these from the, one of the defining moment packs? Like, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. or one of the packs in general. I know like, what, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. We're we going to get into it, you know what I'm saying, on the later joint. We'll hit y'all with some more sneaker talk, you know what I'm saying, to feed feed the real niggas. Yo, that really I got know. one last. I got one last. I know we're running out. No, you good. I didn't know, and, and I mean, I, I, I heard some Japanese soul records. I'm gonna I'm put you on to you know, because we might sample the fuck out of some shit I found. So oh, I yeah, you. man. Don't, yeah, yeah. yeah Tell I'm me offline. I'm gonna put you on. I, 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 yo, I, I shouldn't even, yo. Scratch that. Engineer that. Fix the last thing I said on my thing thing. All right, Joe. Yo, it's been the Say No More podcast, episode 23, Allen B. You know what it is. No, go ahead, go ahead. Master P, Silk the Shocker, the song of Ghetto's Trying to Kill Me. Oh, shit. Shit. I never heard Bro, that. Watch the go- video. I'm out the That's go. some real shit. Master P, Silk, like I said, they wasn't, they was just putting out a story, you know what I'm saying? This wasn't like some over-the-top shit. This was like the shit that they was living. So I, I fucked with this shit. I fuck with a lot of No Limit. Shout out to Kane and Abel. They got a classic record, Seven Sins. That's gonna be my my shit for y'all to check out. Check out Kane and Abel. Um, check out Alicia Keys on Plug. You know got what I'm that. saying? I got that. One. Summertime, the Dove Shack. Summertime. We talk about some Long Beach shit. That's gonna be my recommendation. It's still hot as fuck outside. Go listen to the Dove Shack. Summertime. One of my all-time favorite classic songs. Shout out to them. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I gotta say. Stay no more. Yeah, the dub shack. What was that? The dub shack, um Summertime in the L B C nigga. Oh yeah, that shit. No yeah, man, I got that shit. That classic don't get shit. No cleaner than that. <laughs> all right, Joe, look, that's the Say No More Podcast, episode twenty three. We out this bitch. Lift yourself. Want it.